0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I have an update on gym girl. Yay, let's hear it. So we officially went to coffee. Well, first of all, there was a massive delay in her reaching out to me. So I was quite panicked that I had officially blown it. And if you heard the (laughs) original update, you probably thought I did too. But she was very grateful and was excited. And so we scheduled coffee, but then there was like a big delay on actually doing that because schedules and timing and all the things. And so got it on the calendar, made it happen We ended up chatting for like multiple hours the first time and really hit it off. The thing that was a little surprising is apparently, which is not necessarily a problem, but I have no judge of age. Like if you're between 20 and 40, I don't know. Unless you have visible gray hair or kids attached to your hip. I literally have no idea how old you are. So she is significantly younger than me, which was surprising, but also fun to hear someone just like less jaded about life and career and all the things. But we got along really well and it was really nice to connect with someone new. I will say the thing I was the most surprised by was how refreshing it was to talk to someone who's not at all in the online business world, like doesn't run a business, isn't like, asked me what I did. But like, that was not They're like, okay, cool. Next topic. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is so nice. I didn't realize how much of my life revolved around talking about business all the time. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it was nice to just like be a person who had interests in a past and all the things. And the cool like side effect was because she's so much younger, she also just doesn't hesitate to like get together again right away. And like, we had coffee on like a Tuesday, and then like by that Thursday, we got drinks. And the cool part, and I know we will continue to be friends for a while. I would. I'm imagine.
1: sorry. Tell everyone what time you got drinks.
0: <laughs> it's a little bit hard for me to say. Yes. Showcase
1: of the differentiator in age.
0: So she texts me after we got cough Well, she said that we would, okay, pause. So in the initial conversation, she mentioned she had a brother that was like basically my age and him and his wife had been married for 12 years. And we had talked a lot about our personal lives and she could tell that like, her brother and his spouse would have a ton in common with Jared and I. So she was like, you need to meet them. Like this needs to happen. I was like, cool, cool. And so she's like, I think I'm getting together with what would be her sister-in-law. My sister-in-law on Friday, like we should hang out. Well, then she texts me like on Wednesday and says, JK, we're going out Thursday for drinks after I get off work. How is is (laughs) nine (laughs) 30? 9.30 9.30 sounds like bedtime. Well, I was <laughs> like, like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so like, you know, it's so early in the relationship that you just like don't feel okay. like you can be like, yeah, that's yeah. late. But it was so good to just like chat and be around people and like. Mm-hmm. So did you meet the sister-in-law that night too? Yeah. And so the funny thing was Jared and I, already had a date planned, but because this was so late, I could still go to the date yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. and then do this thing after too. two things in one night. Oh Ooh. my God. That was a lot, but <laughs> I'm like leaving this movie, which that's like a whole other story for another day. And like, I could get on a big soapbox about, but I'm leaving and planning to take Jared home and then meet her. And she's texts me and she's like, oh, my brother is going to tag along. So like, if your spouse wants to come, I don't mind being the fifth wheel. And I was like, oh, okay. So now like we're all meeting, like all, all at once. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing was, and I don't know if it's just because she's young or what, but like they had clearly not been prompted at all. Like they knew literally nothing about me and Jared. Oh, so we get there and she's like, Oh, how do you know each other? And I was like, I oh. haven't heard that. Like we met at the gym and these are all the reasons we have shit in common and like why we should chat and hang out. So like I'm attempting to work in some of the things that I knew. Yeah. She had already told me we had in common. Not all of them came up. I'm not going to force it. when <laughs> we no, just yeah. met and all of this stuff, but it was fun. I did feel bad because she was fifth wheeling hard. For sure. For like, sure. Because, you know, when we're all the same age and she's... And married. Yeah. And married. And she's 11 years younger than I am. Yeah. So, but it was so sweet and it was a good time. So I think we'll continue to get together. I, at least I hope I didn't completely blow it. <laughs> When you sent me that screenshot of House 930, I just was like, LOL. <laughs> I Not for me. I, but the side effect was we have this really sweet martini bar literally 10 minutes from my house that I had no idea even existed. Mm-hmm. I will take out of town company to this place. Like, yeah. it's I want super a martini. Dope. Yeah, you can join sometime. Like, I'll be back. yeah (laughs) that's
1: funny that's funny well you should definitely set up the next date and do like a Saturday morning brunch or something yeah Uh and go from there
0: yeah let's brunch hard because I was like so wired when Uh Uh anyway well speaking of time (laughs) then we're gonna talk
1: more and all about time today and We are talking about the literal only time hack that actually works in your small business. We, I'm sure you all have heard countless times or countless other examples of time hacks for how to be more productive and get more things done. Ours does not involve waking up at 5 a.m. Ours does not even involve time blocking, although that can definitely help the strategies that we're talking about today. It doesn't even involve sprints. It doesn't involve The Pomodoro method, it doesn't involve any of those things that maybe you've tried and they haven't worked for you before. This is a different time hack. And ultimately, once you have this knowledge and are committed, committed to giving it the attention it deserves, you can use whatever time strategy that works best for you on the back end to make sure that you're fulfilling on this. But this is the one that is foundational that you need to understand as the CEO and founder of your business.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest difference between all the methods that Emily brought up and what we're specifically talking about is those are all methods to like, be more productive, or like get more things accomplished, or like have a super miracle morning, you know, can those things work for you? Yeah, they can. I find it's very hit or miss. And I also find that the majority of our clients got a lot of shit going on in their life. And they're constantly having to pivot a little bit. And things are popping up. And you know, they're not just dealing with business, they're also dealing with potentially children and their schedules or family and their schedules or caretaking and
1: dare I say even if the miracle morning works for you or something like that and yet you're still saying oh my god I still feel like I'm like spinning my wheels or I'm not seeing progress or the business isn't like moving forward in these various capacities if you're still finding yourself saying stuff like that it's because while you might have found a time hacking productivity thing that works best for you, what you're doing in that block, in that extra hour or whatever, still isn't what you should be doing.
0: Right. And so our goal today is to really walk you through as the CEO, things you need to be prioritizing and what percentage of your time needs to fall into that category. And this is irregardless of how much total time you have to give. Because you can just take these percentages and divvy up what time you do have. Yep. If you have 40 hours to give, 20 hours to give, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much total time. This is the percentages we see allowing people to have a bit more balance and also still hit their sales goals and, and continue to keep the business operating. Now, all of this to say, I do think it's helpful to hear what is working for other people. And I will give you a little bit of insight before I jump into specifically what categories and how much time to be spending. What is working for Emily and I to schedule this time because it is different for both of us. And I do think if you've seen some of our previous trainings, this may feel a little bit familiar, but I think it's worth reviewing. So, I want to talk a little bit about the freedom schedule versus having a more scheduled schedule. Essentially, talk to me about your preferences. Yeah, so
1: mine is definitely the freedom schedule in the sense that I am someone who has gets energy in creative waves, like waves like waves of an ocean. And sometimes it's high creative, and it's meant for this type of activity. And sometimes it's a different type of creative energy, but which would require a different task for me. So I'm someone who's very much like I wake up and based off the vibe of my energy that day, I know I'm going to be most effective at these type of tasks. And so I like to have a little bit more freedom in huge chunks of time that allow me to show up differently to get things done, check things off my list at various times throughout the day. So what that could look like for me is having one full day. This is just like for what's working right now, one full day that is dedicated to being in the office, which is Mondays for me. I have a lot of meetings that day. uh, We do podcast recordings on this day, a lot of check-ins, a lot of like getting the lay of the land for the rest of the week. And then literally Tuesday through Friday, my schedule might be blocked from the morning with a huge chunk where I'm going to be doing focused independent time. And then I have like, you know, a facial appointment in the middle of the day. And then I come back in and I have some meetings or client check-ins that round out the rest of my day. And then that just changes throughout the week based on what's consistently on my schedule or what can be moved. But it's more of the like, dip into work, dip out of work, dip into work, dip out of work is how I kind of talk
0: about it. Yeah. No, for me, I know part of the reason this is what's successful for me has a lot to do with the fact that I am neurodivergent and regardless of diagnosis or why something does or doesn't work, I will be completely honest that if it's out of sight and out of mind, like it is not, it is not just like out of mind. It is like, it doesn't exist on this planet. And, like, I forget about it entirely. And I will have, like, peeks into, oh, my God, I need to do this thing, like, in a shower, which is not helpful. And so, like, I do need to be more dedicated to writing things down, like, actually blocking my time for certain tasks. And I've tried a lot of different methods in terms of, like, project management and, and calendar management and all of those things. But for me, it's definitely helpful to have focused chunks of time in work. And then when I'm out of work, I'm completely out of work, I can't really dip in and out or my focus is just not there. Now, I will say sometimes I can get too like hyper focused into work. And that can lead to unhealthy relationships with it. But I've found for me, having things built out on my calendar is best. And because I am as the CFO, I'm also sitting in the sales seat. I do have a lot of scheduled meetings with prospects and onboarding clients and stuff like that. And so because of that, if I need to get things accomplished, I do need to block my time so that other things don't get scheduled. At random. And so I found that having even the task of what I need to do, like in the event title, is really helpful for me. But the thing that can get a little wild is I am pretty open, and that like my schedule could change from week to week pretty dramatically based on how many prospect or sales calls that I have. And I do, you know, when things get busy, have to be mindful of, like, literally going in and either blocking more time or saying, you know, someone can't book as close. Like, when we need more leads, I will say someone can book a discovery call within 12 hours so that, like, if it's afternoon, they could book for tomorrow afternoon or whatever. But... You know, as we get more busy, I'm like, you can book that in like three days. Like, and that helps me have control, but it does mean that I have to have a handle on it and that, like, I can't just not think about it. I do have to constantly be reevaluating it and looking at my schedule on a regular basis because I could very easily slip into only being in the sales side of the company and then my duties are being ignored in other areas of the business. Now, I will put an asterisk here to say, because there are two of us, and because we also have a developed out agency, like we have a team of support in place, I don't necessarily need to spend as much time in certain areas of the business as I did when it was just Emily and I. And so when we're saying how to spend your time, this is someone... In my mind, that is the CEO and the operator. Like they are running the business on the day to day, and they're still involved in some aspects of client delivery or potentially fully delivering their service. So the percentages of time we talk about today are as (laughs) the like, you could be a one woman show or a one woman show who has a little bit of help here and there on some things, but this is how you need to be spending your time initially. And this can evolve and change over time. This isn't representative of my split today or Emily's split today, but I definitely think it's representative of a healthy balance that we both sat in in previous years. Yes. Yes.
1: Now this is not representative of your team's percentage of time either. This is specifically for the founder, CEO, you, you who are listening. This is your percentage of time and how it needs to be broken down.
0: Okay? Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. Let's jump into it. And I will say in terms of some traps, I will say the the number one, the number one trap that you're going to fall into is that your inclination is to go really hard and spend the majority of your time in client delivery. It can eat so much of your time that all of these other things fall completely to the wayside. And your business either gets stuck or you end up in a situation where you're like, oh my God, I need leads and I need to sell like yesterday. And it's been a hot minute since you've done that. And then you can end up in this cycle where you like flip completely to sales. And then like, it just feels like it's never
1: ending. While it is the highest percentage still, even in our refined schedule, it is not 90%, which is probably close to what you're doing right now, if not 100%. Or even if you don't realize it, you're thinking you have 100% of your hours to work on client work. And so therefore, that is impacting your misperceived capacity of how many clients that you can actually work with because you don't have as much time as you think that you do. And what I see kind of to Abby's point is like a bunch of client work, but then there will also, like that's where you're spending all of your time. I also see a lot of our clients who do love selling and love relationship building, that they spend all of their time, like the majority of their time in sales. And so they're bringing in clients, bringing them in, building relationships, having conversations, networking, but then the experience on the back end and the delivery and the operations is a hot ass mess. And so what will happen from that is, You will forget what you've done and what you haven't done. You will not achieve the scope that you've outlined for those clients. You will start to get unhappy clients and your referrals will eventually dip. And so it is, I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it won't feel sometimes like a juggling act, but it is absolutely critical for you to begin to put yourself in these other
0: departments for the sustainability of your business long-term. Because ultimately... The reason client work is as low as it is, is we're talking about how to hit a healthy capacity so that you can pay attention to the other areas of your business. Because ultimately you're not just providing a service, you're also running every other aspect of your business. And you have a lot of other titles, whether you claim them or not, a lot of other duties, a lot of other tasks. And so many of you have been stuffing them into nights and weekends or between things, or like, you work on client work, and then you have to like, literally schedule a gap between clients to play catch up. And it is a road to burnout. And so I want to help you hit that healthy capacity. And so it starts here. If nothing else, if you can yeah, work start on, from high to low. Yeah. If you can walk away with making a tweak to how much you're working in your business, how much you're working on that client work, then you will really see a difference in your mental headspace and also how many less people you can actually work with than you think you can. So up to 30% of your time as a CEO can be in client delivery. 30%. So you heard me when I said earlier,
1: you're probably doing close to 90% where you've calculated that you have all of your hours to give to client work. We are saying 30%. That's less than half of your current time
0: okay before we even move on I just want to let you know that very soon we are starting a new cohort of the incubator and we can get you right we can get you right and you need to get on the wait list so you can go to bossproject.com slash incubator and like say I I need help with this okay so if you're like I have no idea how to go from that to that okay I get it but also know That all these other things are not going to happen if you don't get this in alignment. If you don't cut here first. So the next most important piece, and I think you know this in your gut, like, you know it deep down and you know, it's a problem because usually it's like flashing red and like beeping and blaring at you. And you're like, wait a minute, I'll get to you at some point. But it's the working on your business. It's the operations. It's the programs. It's the the administration. It's all the the behind-the-scenes crap that your clients don't really see at all, but they will feel it. And these are the things that will add efficiencies. These are the things that keep you organized. Making it easier for clients to schedule.
1: meeting reminders sent out to clients. Automated workflows within your project management system or your client management system to communicate with your clients.
0: What do you mean a project management system? What if you don't have one? (laughs) Developing a Developing
1: a project management system. Communication standards. Making sure your contract says what you want it to say to back you up. Making sure the scope is appropriate for what you're actually delivering. Monitoring. What your service actually is and what it entails and is it the right thing for you to do? How many meetings do you need to be having? What does your inbox look like? All of those things. 20% of your time needs to be spent working on your business. You can do math. We're already at 50% of your time with client work and then operations and admin.
0: Which you're like, but that's literally all I do. What what do you mean there's other things? (laughs) And so the next piece, I think there's two categories that kind of like ebb and flow together to me and are a bit determined on your exact industry and the kinds of activities that will lead to sales. But essentially there's a contrast in that you have marketing, i.e. I would call it prospecting. Like how are you getting leads? Okay. And then the sales process as in like actively networking, getting people through discovery calls, sales calls, whatever your sales process looks like. 15% on prospecting slash marketing, 15% on sales. However, if you got a leads problem, (laughs) then like, you're going to go into heavier prospecting. If you're good on leads, but you need to like refine your sales, like maybe you need a pitch deck to like improve the efficiency or conversion rate of whatever, then you're going to be spending more time on sales. So I will say while we're talking 15 and 15, it's not even split those two categories ebb and flow based on the results you're seeing in your business. And We are not necessarily talking about traditional marketing. However, that can be some of the pieces that go in here. What is specifically getting you the eyeballs on the things that are allowing people to put their hand up and say, yes, I'm interested. So for us, that does mean sending emails. That does mean producing a podcast. That does mean writing blog content because we get organic traffic to our blog. But for some of y'all, social may have very little impact on you getting someone to raise their hand and say, I'm interested in your service. If it has little impact on that, then I would spend significantly less time because the goal is prospects. How do you generate traffic in the right way for people to say, yes, I'm interested in what it is that you're doing and would love to have a conversation to work with you? Because I know we put networking here under sales.
1: For some of you, networking is your marketing, depending on your industry. And it won't like matter at all if you're on Instagram or have an email list or anything like that. And so I don't want you to get hung up on the word marketing because, and we've talked about time and time and time again, how the online business world has shifted the definition of marketing. And we all think that it's showing up on Instagram and creating a TikTok and having a freebie to get people to sign up for our email list. And that is not marketing in the sense that works for service-based business owners. That is brand awareness. I I wish we would literally just call it something else because it isn't marketing. Marketing is directly tied to sales, period. You can see the thread and it's not like, like the thread is like here and then there and then here and then there and then takes forever to... like come to the connection point of sales. Marketing is the thing that directly leads to sales in this industry.
0: Yeah. And I will say, not that we didn't know that the whole time, but I do think that's helped us refocus in many areas. We're like, like, we're like oh, let's do this. Ooh, let's do that. And then we're like, okay, but has that led to prospects? Has that led to sales? Because this needs to be The door opening and the discovery and the people like earning your trust and like the nurturing, but also in an economic climate where like things are down, you don't got a lot of time to nurture. Like the sales process has to be fast. And so like if they're not turning into a prospect fairly quickly, then like to me, that marketing effort is not as fruitful as something that's happening over here. I think in this
1: current climate, I would like to see your prospecting and marketing at around 10% and then sales more at 20% if you have a good amount of leads and and viable prospects. If you don't have that first, then you have a different problem on your hands.
0: Now, the next up is the time that people assume... When they think of like what a CEO does, like to me, this is the time that they're like imagining, but in reality, it's really only a small percentage of your time. And it tends to be the thing that I think most of you enjoy the most, but then you're saving it for like pockets here and there, or it's the very first thing you cut, even though you love it. And so I'm talking right now about leadership. This is your time to think, your time to strategize. It's also your personal and professional development. So if you're utilizing any sort of coaching and consulting, like perhaps you're in our incubator program or you're in development for the operations of your business, like that is also part of this time, like you building this system here is part of leadership, you defining what it's going to look like as you grow is leadership. And it's 10% of your time, which doesn't feel like a lot. But if you say we were talking about a standard hour, or standard 40 hour work week, 10% of your time is still four hours or half a working day you either need to be doing this an hour a day throughout the week, if you're in a standard working thing, or you need to be dedicating half a day somewhere to really promoting that personal and professional development and really thinking about the future of your business, because you're supposed to be visioning, you're supposed to be moving forward. And I will say for me, and feel free Emily to add your own take here. For me, sometimes this time is very structured. And that like, I know I'm working on this type of project to get this thing accomplished to develop this thing that's going to turn into this thing. And Mm -hmm. other times, it's this like very loose, like, I'm listening to podcasts or listening to a new book, or I'm like thinking about I know we're going down this road, but like, what does it look like to go in this direction? And it's not always sitting with a notebook or typing on the computer, like, no, it's a lot of introspection for me It It is
1: to have those thoughts. and And sometimes guys, like because of my freedom schedule, right? I will take a shower in the middle of the day to have leadership time. It's like, I need to step away from the computer. I'll go on a walk to have leadership time. I'll take a shower, right? Because I'm there and I'm doing another activity that like can distract me enough to focus to where my brain can just be thinking about, what if I thought about this? Or do I need to look up podcasts about this kind of topic? Or do I need to research this thing? And
0: it's more of just like curiosity stage to get me there. I don't know if this says something about being neurodivergent or what, but I find I almost always have to be actively moving 100% for this to be possible for me. If I'm sitting at a desk, I'm like a lot of But if I'm like going for what are ideas? (laughs) But if I'm like going for a walk, or even like on the treadmill, like it's surprising how much of a difference distracting my body with movement allows me to think in a much clearer way. And it doesn't mean I have to like run my heart out. Like it can be very light movement. Even sometimes for me, so yes, exercise is absolutely this, and I schedule it into my day. But I also challenge myself. At least once a week to make a challenging meal. And I love to cook. But when I cook is probably my best thinking time, too. And it's just like, I used to hate cooking. And it was because there was nothing supporting that time. But now that I have a system around supporting that time, I can actually keep my hands busy, <laughs> and then have time to think. And that's been really powerful for me. So I would say do not cut this out. I see when I like cancel the exercise or like cancel the meeting with Emily to talk about the next quarter or like push yeah. that out that like, I get more stressed. Right. Well, because, because those check-ins give your brain
1: something to mull over, to strategize on, to think of a solution to a problem. And if we don't have those check-ins, then you're like, what are we doing? So I don't even know where to like focus my thought process. It makes me feel behind. So that's about 10% of your time, CEO time, personal and professional development. Now, the other 10% could be non existent for you, depending on your team, depending on even outside contractors that you're working with. But we're reserving 10% of your weekly time to internal meetings. So a check in with your team, a check in with a contractor, whatever it might be. These are not client meetings. They're not client meetings. These are internal meetings with anyone that you work with specifically.
0: Now, part of it is I want you to make sure you're dedicating space for this, because as you grow, this is one of the areas that I see people neglect. Like we have someone who's definitely gone through a lot of the initial stages that we've we talk about inside the incubator and she's like on to the next stage. But she was only spending 30 minutes a week with her team. So there's a giant hole in this like lack of relationship building, lack of management, lack of transparency, lack of culture building, lack of delegation time, all of those things. And so even if it is just a contractor, I don't want you to set the precedent that you just like let people loose all the time. Like make time to properly delegate, make time to have check ins, even if it is just a slack message. And also use this as a time to like build camaraderie on your team. So yes, I call it internal meetings, but I'm talking about communication channels and like developing community within your team. And if it's just you, then like, Who are those support people in your life that you're bouncing ideas off of? Like, do you have a really good friend that you like talk to about, you know, new challenges that you're having, or I have this new idea for a service I want to pursue. Keep space for those things and like, don't make them secondary or non-essential. Like you need time to have community and have time to build leadership and management skills. You don't just have those. They, yeah, they don't. They're not just going to come out of thin air. You have to be really intentional about building them. So, if you
1: ultimately need help restructuring literally what you offer and how you're running your business in order to even make a schedule like this possible, we would love to chat with you. This is a kind of a non-negotiable, and when what you need to be doing in order to scale and grow in a way that's in alignment for you. And this isn't just if you want to grow as in like, I'm not looking to double my revenue or quadruple my revenue. Like we do work with a lot of clients who are like, I make really great money and I would love to just be able to make that same money, but just easier. And if even that's a goal for years, I love working out those problems with you all. And so we do exactly that and more inside the incubator and our new cohort is opening soon and we would love to chat with you to see if it's a right fit if your business is ready for what we're offering inside of that program then abigail is going to have some time on her calendar reserved just for you all you have to do is go to bossproject.com/incubator to learn more book a time with abs sit and shit chat it's serious, it's a no pressure conversation like we're just going to be open and honest about whether this program is right for you what your goals are, what you're working with right now, because we gotta make sure that you already have like a certain type of foundation in order to be a great fit for the program. So just
0: schedule some time, chat, be curious, ask questions. Yeah. And if untangling all of this feels like a lot, like know that you're not alone. You could have this a hundred percent wrong and that presents an opportunity. So like I don't care where you're at right now. I don't care how strapped for time you are right now. I want to help you make changes right away so that you can take a deep breath so that you can enjoy your life a little bit more. And I want to give you really tangible tools to help you do those things. So I'm excited to chat. Like Emily said, bossproject.com incubator. I can't wait to see you inside. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates